BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Friday, everybody. It is a Friday edition of the Sharp Lessons podcast. Ben Wittenstein, Nate Jacobson, and hopefully everyone has been enjoying our AFC previews all week long. Nate, we churned them out. Uh, we recorded everything on Monday, and then we're just churning them out throughout the week. Yeah, we did one per day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, closing with the AFC West on Thursday. And there was a bit of news that I tweeted about, about how now, because the Broncos have decided to name Teddy Bridgewater as their starting quarterback. Maybe we're a little bit more higher on their floor as a team and that they're going to improve on that uh, league-worst turnover differential that they had last season and with that easy schedule and a, and a quarterback who's a total game manager and a strong defense that they might actually be the side week one against the New York football Giants. So make sure to check that all out and follow the Stadium Bets account for all the latest betting content that we're doing. Yep, and we're done with previews for NFL, NCAA. Yes. Let's get, get to ready. the games. Let's <laughs> get, get to the, to the games. games. Yeah, and, yeah. And, tomorrow, and on Friday we will have an article. So maybe by the time you're listening to this, we're going to have an article, Ben and I's first college football roundtable of the year. That's going to be a weekly thing on Friday. So to make sure to check that out on the at Stadium Bets Twitter account and also the Watch Stadium main Twitter account will definitely be posting that there. Yeah, very excited for that uh, and to get that out and about in the world. But for today, since we're done with all our previews for the NFL, college, we have on a guest. Um, and Nate, we're, uh, we're excited to have him on. He was great to have. Yeah, Sam Panjanovic used to work with us in Chicago at Stadium. Now is doing great things in Boston. Has a great podcast, Chicken Dinner, that I highly recommend listening to. It's a great thing to Follow the news, how Sam sees it, and he has some good intel when it comes to sports betting, whether it's in the games or whether it's talking about legalization of sports betting around the United States. Yeah, he was fun to talk to. He had uh, some fun things to say. So we won't keep you any longer. Let's go to the interview with Sam. All right. We're pleased to welcome to the show Sam Panjanovic, works for Nesson in Boston, the host of the Chicken Dinner podcast. He used to work with Stadium with us in many roles, including on the Fantasy Sportsbook, and he joins us now. How's it going, Sam? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready for football. It's the first full season in New England, so no pressure at all. You know, we'll see what this nerd with glasses can do. I got here in December last year and started out pretty hot, but we all know that December and January is a small sample size. So no pressure, like I said, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. Yeah, especially in a, a football-hungry area like New England. I'm sure you're following everything going off the paths very closely like we are. Let's start off with your Vegas trip. Just went to Vegas. I know a lot of people go, like to go to Vegas for fun, to gamble some money that they might not uh, should be gambling on. But I know that you probably spent it more like a business trip. How was your time out there? And uh, what contest did you sign up for for the football season? 
Work hard, play hard, Nate. You know the deal. And you got to work hard, but then you can play hard later on. So I went in the back of about seven different sports books and talked to executives back there, guys that are taking bets, guys that are moving markets and, and all that. And it gives you an interesting perspective as these guys get ready, you know, for the NFL regular season in college football. You know, they have opinions, too, on a lot of things. You know, many people fail to realize that bookmakers oftentimes – they're gambling, too, when they put up numbers and they shade their numbers and move their totals. So, um, you know, we lay the juice. They don't. So that's why they have the edge against the player. But uh, it was a great trip for that, for chicken dinner, do interviews, and then I uh, signed up for the Westgate Super Contest and the Circus Survivor. Last year, I can tell you, boys, flew out like the day before the season started for the NFL. Put the 1000 down for the Survivor. I picked the Indianapolis Colts, who lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who then didn't win another game all year. So I hope oh. the confidence play is much better than it was last year. And, of course, I went out and I had a little bit of fun. I mean, you're in Vegas after all. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings back memories because I am in a, I was in a much smaller stakes uh, survivor contest, and I also went down with the Colts because I liked their outlook for the season and knew the Jaguars were going to be so bad. And that <laughs> line steamed up to like eight at some spots. And I said, there's no way this will lose. And uh, it was a quick survivor season for me, just like you. I feel like I'm due now, though. Like, if I lose yeah. week one, I'm going to go all the way this year. That's what I keep telling myself. Do you have a Do you have an early lean for week one? I know there's a bunch of seven-point favorites on the board for uh, for survivor Minnesota? purposes. I think Minnesota's going to kill Cincinnati. You know, maybe not kill. Kill is a, a very strong word. But um, I, I just think given where Minnesota finished last year and what they bring back this year, I mean, they were one of the most COVID and injury-riddled teams last year. And remember, Mike Zimmer – had, I think, three starting defensive backs that were in the first year of his system. Uh, that's not like playing in Chuck Pagano's system. You know, Mike Zimmer's defense is a little bit more uh, tough to comprehend and understand and, and move around. Um, Minnesota also, you know, bringing in, you know, a guy like uh, D.D. Westbrook to go along with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. You've got Dalvin Cook, a pretty decent offensive line, and Kirk Cousins has to just manage those games Daniel Hunter didn't play last year. They had a couple other guys on that defense that didn't play. They're going to regress just with guys on the field. And, you know, week one, not a big fan of Cincinnati. Burrow hasn't really played all that much in a while. Um, it's just it's going to be tough for Cincinnati, and I like that the number's a little bit lower, but it's moving toward Minnesota. Um, that's what I have written down right now. I hope I don't change my mind. Like, this is the toughest thing. Like, I don't want to have history repeat itself. And I'm like, oh, man, is Minnesota really a good pick? Do I really want Minnesota? Yeah, you do. No, you don't. You know, it's the uh, angel-devil thing. But at this point in time, it's Minnesota to survive and advance, and they just have to win. They don't even have to cover. That's the best part. Now, you said you talked to a lot of people behind the numbers at sportsbooks, and you've obviously been doing this for quite a while. Has there been anything new that you learned talking with them that you may not have thought about and that you're going to take into fall betting? I think the uh, the willingness for the public to bet on teams like the Raiders and the teams like the Packers and the Buccaneers, like I, I fail to realize every year how people are so stubborn uh, with teams like that. You know, I talked to a couple guys who said their biggest Super Bowl liability, the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders, of course. So um, it's it's strange to me. I mean, I guess it's all that local money that comes in and thinks, oh, it's not a bad, uh, but not a bad number, but. Um, really, it's it's the avalanche of money on the popular teams. You know, the uh, Green Bay Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Kansas City Chiefs. Most of these books are loaded on those teams. And if you really think about it, Ben, you know, the rich got richer in the NFL. You go to the Final Four last year, you look at Buffalo, Kansas City, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. 
those teams could all be better this year. So I think the public is beginning to realize that, hey, like, let's just bet on the favorites. Um, I can tell you this. I was a little shocked to see that the Westgate Superbook's biggest liability is the New England Patriots. Uh, somebody walked in, bet $20,000 at 40 to 1. It would win $800,000. Um, interesting, though, they don't have a quarterback yet for week one. They don't know who their quarterback is. But they didn't stop one better from coming in to bet $20,000 at 40 to 1. So I guess to answer your question, I'm never amazed by – the amount of money people are willing to fly to Vegas and lay down. That's what you take away. And it's like, wow, these numbers are staggering and they get bigger and bigger every single year. Yeah. I was uh, one of those idiots who was like, I'm all in on the chiefs for the super bowl and just going hard on them. And then uh, that did not work out well. You were close though, man. I mean, their offensive line just fell apart. I mean, they didn't have yeah. the left tackle, the right tackle. Uh, the center was banged up and, and Mahomes. Really, like, he took the snap, and then it's like, all right, there's three guys in the backfield. So, I, you know, they retooled the offensive line, but I think they're already learning that, you know, players like Kyle Long are available because they can't stay on the field. So that's really going to be something when you watch Kansas City this year. You know they have the trifecta, right, of Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill, but they need the protection and they need the secondary weapons. Let's also remember that defense is going to get worse when you pay Mahomes a lot like when Seattle paid Russell Wilson. You don't have the funds for everybody. or You start losing guys on defense because you want to make sure your quarterback is in a good place. So they're going to have to score a lot of points, but that defense certainly will give up some points. I'd be looking KC at some totals over this year. There's going to be a lot of shootouts in Kansas City. All right, Sam, we know you've been firing on football bets for a few months. You even put one in the account for a, a week zero game in college football. What are some of the college football bets you like this season and also that week zero uh, total that you got? Yeah, I'll move fast on the totals. I'll give you like three of them that I played. I like Buffalo under seven and a half a lot. Um, that's a team that a couple of bookmakers and power ratings guys told me that's the biggest gap, biggest gap rather, from where they were last year to where they are this year. Uh, Lance Leopold goes to Kansas. Brings almost every good player with him to Lawrence, and now they're rebuilding with a team that has to replace a lot of production. And it's the MAC; it's not the SEC. You know, it's not like Alabama where you just pull out a bunch of five-star players. Uh, it's hard to keep that thing moving in a conference like the MAC. So under seven and a half on Buffalo. I love PJ Fleck. Let's row the boat over six and a half. Um, you know, most books are at seven, but I found a six and a half. They bring back the most returning offensive line starts, and they bring back pretty much everybody on that offense. Five senior offensive linemen, a senior quarterback, and a senior running back. They just got to find some stops on defense, and they'll get to eight or nine wins. And then Ohio State, look, I I know it's like, oh, they're not going to lose every year, but uh, Ryan Day is a better recruiter and a better coach than Urban Meyer was at the tail end. And if you're not paying attention to the in-game adjustments that they can make, you're not paying attention. Um, This win total is 11 you go over 11, you get plus money. They're going to be favored by double digits in every single game, even against Oregon. When Oregon comes to the horseshoe, that game's going to be 11 or 12. I don't see any slip-ups here. And I think given all they bring back, including the two best, what I would consider the best receivers in college football, Olave and Wilson, they're both back. So even though you lose Justin Fields, just turn, throw the screen, throw the screen. I mean, these guys are going to be chewing up defenses. So, those would be the three, Buffalo under, Minnesota over, Ohio State over. And then for week zero, I wanted to bet Illinois, Nate, but I don't want to be that guy that always bets Illinois. So I said, <laughs> all right, I'll go under. I'll go under 55. Um, 
Bielema, he doesn't want any part of a shootout. And this is a guy that usually runs the rock and controls the clock. Um, Martinez, he scares me a little bit. But Nebraska brings back 10 starters on D. Illinois brings back nine. And offense is usually pretty disoriented in that week zero. Um, yeah, of course, it could go over. But I think this is like 28 to 21 either way. So I'm under 55 in uh, Nebraska, Illinois. And I'll hate myself when it lands on 70 or something. You know, that's the deal. That's the way it goes. And how about the NFL? Any win totals there still available? Any futures or anything you fired on in terms of regular season week one coming up? Yeah, I wasn't on this. I'll tip my cap to Ed Sammons at the Westgate, who's one of the sharpest odds makers and bookmakers in the world. Um, he likes Philadelphia over six and a half wins. And I thought, really? Like, oh, I was expecting something different. But he said with how bad that division is, you have to look for a team that underperformed and that can find wins on the board. And you look at with Dallas and Dak Prescott. Does anybody know if Dak's going to stay healthy? No. And their defense just got destroyed last year um, in a lot of games. Washington, like, yeah, they, they were good last year, kind of. They made the playoffs, but they, they were really like a five-win team that got lucky a couple times. And, and their defense was completely healthy pretty much the whole season. That never happens back-to-back years in the NFL. And then you've got the Giants. I mean, the Giants are the Giants. Uh, decent defense, but an offense that has a lot to prove. Uh, so the Eagles, when you talk about their team speed across the board with Hurts at quarterback, Devontae Smith, um, you know, Miles Sanders, they've got some some weapons on the edge. And I love Sirianni. Now, Sirianni comes from that Frank Reich tree. Uh, total on, on Philly, six and a half, and they could easily – get to seven or eight wins. I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but uh, they're going to be much more prepared. They're going to be much better coached, and they have a lot of speed on that roster uh, as they turn the page to 2021. We had Dave Ross on, actually, to talk about the NFC East about a few weeks ago, and he basically threw out Philly from the start. Well, you, you know that Dave's a big Cowboys fan. So uh, so now I like know. it even more. Good. Can I actually just tell Dave I'm going to double down on the Eagles? Look, it's, it's like – Dallas at minus 110 or minus 120 to win the division, it's so easy to just lay that, right? It looks so simple. Um, but you look at the division, this is, I mean, honestly, it's going to be the most tightly contested division. Uh, I was looking at a couple books this morning. They are the only division in football, or it is the only division in football, the NFC East, where every team is 5-1 to one or less. There's no long shot in this division. There's no 13 to 1 or 20 to 1, 25 to 1 if you're the Detroit Lions. This is going to be a war and not a good war. It's going to be an ugly war. So I think Philly can win, you know, three, four games in this division potentially. And then you just have to find a couple more. The schedule is not that tough. And I think they're going to be tough to stop on offense. You just need that defensive secondary to bring it on that side of the ball. So there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be betting for the first time this fall. Um, and so to help them out for you when you're betting, how much is it based on information that you get? And how much is it based on the numbers when you're looking at teams specifically and stats and everything like that? I like to parlay the information and the number, to be honest. You know, I, I think if we go back five years, I, like let's think of it as like a, a pie chart, right? I probably made, you know, 30% on information and 30% on the number and then 40% I had a couple too many and I'm like oh yeah I like Hawaii tonight you know it's like discipline is the hardest part of this racket and I've gotten and Nate can vouch on this you know like I used to pick you know six football games a week and now I'm down to three or four so I think it's really you know it's not about 
the quantity, it's about the quality. Like rather than bet 20 games and you really, really like four of them, why don't you just bet six games and you really, really <laughs> like four of them? So your math is simple. Like I love four of these six as opposed to four of these 20. You know, if you're betting 20, you're gambling. You're betting six, you're betting. There's some science there or some math there or some information there. So I think it's important to stay disciplined. And I think it's also important to, you know, not load up the account with 30 bets on a Saturday. Because if you go and say you win like 16, 17 games, you're, you're just ahead. You know, 16, you're down with the juice almost. Um, you know, you bet 10, you win seven, you win six, you're up. So the more you play, the more juice you pay. And it's important to remember that. So I like to centralize and really like cut the list on. If you like 10 bets, 10's a lot, but can you get it to eight? You probably can. The biggest question is though, when you get to eight and you go five and three, can you stop? Right? <laughs> yeah. You're throwing that, oh, I'm, I'm up a hundred. I'll just parlay something. You know, like that's the hardest part. When you're up, can you, can you walk away from the blackjack table when you turn a hundred into five? Or are you now betting 250 a hand? You know, it's like that's the hardest part. It's always the discipline. And that's always what it comes back to for me, at least. Yeah, those uh, Nevada 10:30 p.m. games when you're up, you're like, oh, those are looking good. Yeah, it's like I'm over 76 and it's 22 to nothing at half. You know, <laughs> you're like, you know, you're at the bar, you're upset. It's just, it's not a good look. Um, we've been there. Doyle and I used to always, you know, we'd be at shenanigans. Not shenanigans. Uh, the Bar McFadden's there on uh, Clark and Division. It's like we need the over in Hawaii, and you know, sometimes it comes through, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you needed a third-string quarterback from San Jose State to come in and carry you there. It's just, if you don't know it, you don't have to bet it, and that's the truth. And now we know why that bar is no longer open. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. So so you not only do picks and you give out picks, but you've also been covering the legalization of uh, gambling in specific states, Illinois, Massachusetts. What's that been like to, to cover the legalization of sports betting? It was a lot quicker in Illinois, that's for sure. I remember, you know, that uh, that summer in 2019, it was like, all right, they pushed it through the House, they pushed it through the Senate, and the governor signed it within, you know, weeks. And uh, here in Massachusetts, uh, you give you give the House credit for pushing it through at a very high rate. I mean, they they really only had three people that said no in a very very populous House, but the Senate hasn't acted on it. So I, I think it's clear here in Massachusetts, at least that the Senate doesn't have their stuff figured out. They still have uh, the big issue, college sports. Uh, the Senate bill doesn't have legalized college. The House bill does. That's a separation between the two parties. And then, of course, the tax rate. Uh, the House tax rate is a lot lower. The Senate race or the Senate rate is a lot higher. So when you're far apart on things like college sports and things like tax rate, you need to take time. You know, I mean, every state is different, too. They all have their different roadblocks. Everybody wants to take care of somebody in politics, as you guys can imagine. So, um, you know, I thought they'd get it done, uh, you know, by October and, and legalized by Super Bowl. That's still realistic in my mind. But here we are, end of August, and there's no progress when the House put it through, I think, 156 to 3. You know, there was a lot of attention. There was a lot of, uh, you know, emotion. There was a lot of momentum. And we still have no update, uh, you know, a month later or so. So, um, every state's different. Illinois got it right through right away, signed it, and then legalized it shortly after. But Massachusetts, there are some pitfalls here. They need the Senate and they need the House to come together and uh, figure out what's important. But I'm I'm optimistic. I just I'm surprised it's taking this long, to be honest. 
All right, let's close the show with a famous character that you've created on Twitter, Twitter, the bartender. Who is he and why should people be paying attention as soon as he fires? Nice try. I will never unveil the identity of the bartender. That will never happen. <laughs> I'll tell you off the air. Um, he's just the best at being the worst. He's the guy that, that always loses. You know, he lays three and a half and the favorite wins by three. He takes six and a half, dog loses by seven. He'll take 20, the team will lose by 80. It's just... It just always seems to happen that way. And uh, last year in the NFL, he was a 32, 33% cat against the number. I argue that it can't get worse. So I, you know, I, I'm still going to fade the guy, but I think if he made, you know, a hundred bets, which he won't because he's only a couple of weeks. If he made a hundred bets, he'd win 40. So if you fade him, you're going to win 60 out of a hundred and you'll make a lot of money. He's just, he's the guy. He's an impulse guy. He doesn't have numbers. He doesn't have ratings. He does his homework in 10 minutes, and then he just fires. And and those are the type of people, everybody's got that friend that can't win. I, I hate to fade the guy. Actually, I don't hate to fade the guy. I love to fade the guy. <laughs> Find the bartender. Find your own bartender. Find your own cousin who doesn't win and just be like, hey, psst, who do you like? Um, he's not good, and he texted me last week. He's like, oh, baby, I'm excited. NFL's almost here. 11 exclamation points, four tongue emojis with the cash. I'm like, this guy's excited to lose. That's all it is. He's pumped <laughs> to give away his money. And I respect that. I do. Does he know what he's become and that people are looking to fade him and he's total fade material? Or is he not even on Twitter to know that? He's got a flip phone name. So I don't know that he's aware. Um, you know, I think if he becomes aware and starts to figure it out, then he's going to like, then he's yeah, going to change so his process. You don't and want him to. Because his process, he might figure something out, like, oh, two plus two isn't five. It's four, and then we're in trouble. So I feel like it's best if we keep it under wraps. We don't say anything. We don't give him an iPhone, and we see what happens. But uh, you can find all those bartender picks. Usually it's, you know, he's never betting on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday either. He's usually, it's like, you know, Friday, Saturday night. He's like, oh, I like the Chiefs minus four. And I'm like, of course you do, dude. Of course you do. Well, we're looking forward to following his picks, and maybe he can at least keep us off games and sides that we uh, potentially like and maybe be like, well, I don't want to be in the same corner of the bartender, so he can help us out at least in that way. All right, Sam, thanks a lot for joining us. Before we uh, leave, you let's promote you on Twitter. Where can we find you and your work? Sure. You can just follow me at SP Shoot, like shoot a basketball, and uh, the show is Chicken X Dinner. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun content this year, content this year and uh, super contest, five picks a week. I already hate that I have to pick five NFL games a week, but there's a lot of money on the line. You know, five NFL sides is not easy, gentlemen. Let's not let's not think it is for one second. I only really like two or three every week, but uh, money talks, as we know. So we shall see, and the progress will follow. And make sure to buy a chicken dinner shirt. I have a few, and I wear them around Chicago and occasionally get some uh, people recognizing it, which is cool to see. So. Thanks a lot, Sab. Appreciate it, and good luck this football season. You guys, too. Thanks for having me. Anytime.